1: Welcome to Lyme Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basilli, Epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind spirit remedy. Now here's your host, Dr. Pat. Hey
2: everybody, welcome. Welcome to uh, Lyme Talk Radio and welcome to all of you tuning us in and on here on Transformation Talk Radio. For many of you, you have known that we have been doing this show close to 10 years. And you might be thinking, wait a minute, 10 years. Who's been talking about this for 10 years? Well, if you point to a little town on the West Coast, Bellevue, Washington, and a doctor by the name of Dr. Nusheen Darvish and a group of people in a state that won't even recognize that Lyme disease exists here What you have is the perfect storm of people coming to the forefront saying, we must be heard. Yeah, it has been 10 years. Some of you say to me, it's been 11. It doesn't matter what it is. What matters is that we are here today and our vision and our mission is to talk about Lyme disease with the people that are now breaking through, the people that have committed, dedicated themselves. And today, Dr. Elena Fritt is joining me here today. All Lyme disease is what? Neuro Lyme. Right, Dr. Elena, right? What is That's it? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's great to have you here. And let's talk a little bit um, about you for a minute. Um, You know, I'm excited to be talking with you today because for many of us who have been on this journey and still actually alive to talk about it, right? You know, we've tried to demonstrate to the world that there's more here than meets the eye. How about you? You're a board certified neurologist, you know, uh, neurophysiologist. I can go on about your credentials, but how did you get from point A to point B to come to us as one of the most world-renowned spokespersons on this topic. So that's a great question and I actually thank
3: my patients for it and all I really did was listen. So very early on after my training, I started seeing patients with odd neurologic presentations and so they kind of didn't fit into the psychiatric category, really didn't fit into any specific neurologic disease, many of them, but I noticed that you know, they were usually young, uh, vibrant, uh, good-looking, successful people who had everything to lose and nothing to gain by being sick. And I listened to them, and I believed them. They uh, brought in articles. They told me to look into various uh, groups and organizations that kind of talk about Lyme disease and other infectious illnesses that may cause this and they were the ones who kind of went around the country to many different specialists, to world-renowned specialists in the field of neurology and beyond, who were receiving a psychiatric diagnosis, or better yet, this is not neurologic diagnosis. Uh, and so because of them, I kind of allowed myself to learn more about it and spent quite a bit of time with Dr. Charles Ray Jones, uh, who is a pediatric Lyme specialist out of Connecticut and really has been treating children with Lyme for over four decades. And uh, because of his great mentorship and listening to my patients and doing a lot of research, I now sit in front of you as an expert in this field. I started quite simply just by listening
2: yeah, well, listen, you know, here's what I love about what you just said is if you take it from the other side, meaning all the patients, all the people that have been trying to get somebody's attention, you know, what was it about you? Because you know the story of this. I mean, if we go back decades even of 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 the public, and so today, trying to have a conversation with with the doctor you happen to be the doctor that listens you know what was it that you were hearing where all of your studying all of your experience a light bulb went went on and you said wait a minute this might be fill in the blank (laughs) right well so actually it's interesting because the history of neurology
3: is that you still take a very strong history uh, as a field. So a lot of medicine is moving into kind of testing uh, and doing advanced uh, x-rays and MRIs and echoes and beyond. But really neurology is still uh, taking a very thorough history and um, doing a very thorough physical exam. And I was noticing that, many of these patients were having abnormal exams and were really having symptoms that couldn't be categorized in any one specific disease, but these symptoms were real. And the abruptness of a lot of these symptoms even in the sense where patients were completely healthy, had no medical issues, right. like I said, a lot of them are very young. And then very in a very short period of time, within a lot of times days or a few weeks or a short few months, they deteriorate to the point where they can't work, they don't go out, um, they don't uh, participate in any kind of social activities. Uh, They start being dependent and regressing uh, and kind of being dependent on their family and friends. And that's what was very odd to me. So I didn't understand. I didn't think there was a psychiatric component to a lot of it.
2: Right. Well, you know, you hear this story a lot, don't we? That, you, you know, clearly on the onset when, you know, somebody comes forward and presents some of the symptoms we're going to talk about today, um, over time, after talking with so many doctors and not really getting anybody to listen, you develop psychological problems, right? Mm-hmm. You, you develop, yeah, you, you know what I mean? So it's kind of this interesting story about, well, wait a minute, you know, these folks, well, they're having psychological sort of, well, wait if you lived in a world where nobody was listening to you, I think you and I would have some serious problems, right? Um, but what did you did, what about this did you think was really odd? Because you know, for many people, they can see it now. We have celebrities that have come forth, right? But I'm not kidding. I live in a state that literally thinks the tick doesn't come from the state next to it. This deer doesn't come over in a Washington state because we somehow have a magic superhero shield and refuses to change the website to even acknowledge it. I mean, isn't that a macrocosm for a patient that's trying to get somebody's attention?
3: Uh, It's absolutely a major problem. Again, there's a lot. I saw a patient today that, I appreciated the fact that it was the 15th doctor that she was seeing. But finally, the 15th doctor told her, you know, I don't think this is MS. I don't think you have a psychiatric problem. You may have an infections-induced problem. You should really look into a tick-borne illness and kind of go with that. And so where it's frustrating that that specific doctor was not able to help her, but at least he was pointing her to the right direction, saying, I don't know, you're not neurologic uh, in a box, you're not psychiatric, but here's something to consider. So if we can at least get the physicians to acknowledge that, at least acknowledge the fact that they don't know everything, and everything that they don't know is not psychiatric, then I think we're chipping away at it.
2: Yeah, but I yeah.
3: totally understand that there's some states who refuse to recognize the fact that, you know, some of these infections exist. It could be not 100% of the right. ticks or, you know, not 90%, but at least acknowledge the fact that a portion of these ticks, 15 30%, may carry it. And on top of that, you know, people travel. So even yes. if they didn't get it in your state, maybe they were in the northeast last summer. And we should really consider the fact that they you need to learn about it and treat it. Considering the fact that it's over three hundred thousand new patients per year, it's a it's a huge you know, epidemic. Yeah. And you so know I agree yeah. with
2: you. Well, and even that number is questionable, but that is the number that the CDC reports. Yeah, you know, when great. you speak to doctors and you speak to the cases that aren't coming to the forefront, it really gets much larger. Um, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about what is neuro because that is something that you have been able to bring to the forefront and been able to talk to people about in a way that the world can know about, the patient can know about it, and learn the right questions to ask, right, to even begin to have a conversation. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Dr. Elena Frid joining us here today, uh, New York City neuro Lyme Disease Specialist, and she is way more than that. She's somebody that gets it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Are you traveling most of your day? Do you want to take Transformation Talk Radio with you anywhere you go? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. Just go to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google Play Store on your Android and search Transformation Talk Radio. Catch all of our live shows no matter where you are. Thanks for listening. this is Leslie Fontaine, and my show is Sheer Alchemy on TransformationTalkRadio.com. When we're bogged down with our emotions, the hardships that plague us in our relationships at work, our finances, we literally can't see the higher plane where we could be operating from. Tune in to Leslie Fontaine, Sheer Alchemy on TransformationTalkRadio.com.
1: Do you feel that there's a bigger, better life for you? Is there anything holding you back from living the life you were meant to live? If you'd like to find your life's true purpose and calling, join the world's foremost authority on primal spirituality, David Carshare in Becoming a Sun Radio, emotional and spiritual intelligence for a happy, fulfilling life. Tune in once a month to Becoming a Sun Radio with David Carshare on The Dr. Pat Show and Transformation Talk Radio. For more information, visit davidkarshare.com today.
0: Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease.
2: Welcome to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat Basilli, the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am so thrilled that we've created this venue for all of you out there.
0: Dr. Pat Basili will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day.
2: What we have heard is that you want to ensure for us that we keep positive, holistic, uplifting, transformative talk radio on the air. We're excited to bring you the contemporary conversations about Lyme disease. We promise
0: not to let the light fade on Lyme.
2: So fasten your seatbelts. We've got lots more to share with you in the
0: weeks to come. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio with Dr. Pat and help keep our mission strong on TransformationTalkRadio.com.
1: 725366.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome back. You know, I'm so thrilled to have Dr. Elena Fred joining me here today. Um, she is a Lyme expert, but we were talking during the break and I'll make sure that Justin is flashing her website across the screen here. Um, her contact information, we'll give you a phone number, make sure you know how to contact her. Um, today, we're talking about Lyme disease, but neuro-Lyme. What is it about the statement, all Lyme disease is neuro-Lyme, that rings a bell? Right now, we are going to dig into what that means and why this message of it being neuro-Lyme has been the missing link for decades. Uh, Dr. Fred, thank you for joining me here today. Explain neuro-Lyme to people. You and I were talking about it during a break a little bit, but there's a lot to be said about it, isn't there?
3: Yes, so neuro Lyme is really a threefold process. It's the direct, in it's the direct infection of the brain by the Lyme bacteria, and beyond, we can touch on that in a second. Uh, inflammation of the brain and really an autoimmune process that occurs where your own body is creating antibodies and attacking itself. So a combination of those three things especially in patients who have persistent symptoms, is really the hallmark of what neural Lyme is. And one needs to really understand all of that in order to start the proper treatment on patients. And in fact, the reason why I say all Lyme is neural Lyme is because even early on in the um, symptom process, uh, even within days of uh, starting to have your symptoms, people will complain of headaches, severe fatigue. That is all neurologic. And we know based on animal studies that Lyme disease and actually other co-infections can spread into the brain within minutes. That study has been done in monkeys, and we know that that does occur. And obviously, later on in the disease process, people like Alan McDonald have dedicated their careers uh, to studying the brain and its pathology and seeing how Lyme disease affected, showing that people with you know, Alzheimer's yeah. have evidence of Lyme disease. People with a special type of Parkinson's disease, Parkinson's plus syndrome may have it. Even uh, recently came out that very rare brain tumors like glioblastoma multiforme may have Lyme involvement in these cases as well.
2: Yeah. And, you know, let's talk about, I mean, we, we have doctors out here, Dr. Klinghart, for example, and he will be the first one to tell you that he does not think uh, that ALS, ALS, the disease ALS, he, doesn't, he believes every case uh, is, is neuro Lyme. And I think that that is, you know, part of the journey that we're going on here is to really be able to get the right information. So something you said I wanna ask you about, Um, I think there was a study done a number of years ago with uh, 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 the the brains of people that have passed on, random study. I think it was, uh, you know, they got the brains from Harvard or somewhere and they took these random brains of people that had Alzheimer and what they did is they did the study and they actually cut open the brains. And they found something very unusual, didn't they, in there?
3: Right. So they did found um, basically nematodes, uh, which is parasites that actually inside of those parasites, um, there was the Lyme bacteria. So, uh, and this was in 10 out of 10 of these brains of Alzheimer's patients that were autopsied post-mortem, which is very telling. Um, And actually, that's not a new concept to think that. Infections can lead to degenerative and autoimmune processes. I mean, MS for a very long time, even now, you know, we're looking for what virus or what type of infection can be triggering MS. Uh, thyroid conditions since the 50s have been talked about. Is it triggered by Epstein-Barr virus or other infections? So it's not an unusual thought. Just for some reason, We're not accepting the fact that it could be Lyme and co-infection.
2: Yeah, and for those of you out there, we're taking your questions here. If you're listening online, 1-800-930-2819. I think for our Facebook friends, I'm hoping that Jessica or Justin are helping me out with some of the questions that are being asked there. Please make sure you get your questions here to the forefront, stories, um, ways for us to get more knowledgeable and and more aware. Um, The comment, why is all Lyme Neural Lyme? You just touched upon that. I I think that um, the question mark that people raise now, and this is something I'm sure you've seen, is wait a minute, I'm starting to not be as clear in my mind. I'm starting, you know, not to uh, remember things like I used to remember. I mean, the last thing anybody wants to do is A, think about what they may have. And, you know, and it was interesting. I was talking to someone the other day And uh, we were talking about this. And she says, yeah, you know what's worse than getting diagnosed with Alzheimer's? And I said, no, really, what? She said Lyme disease. And she said people are choosing not to get tested. Really? I have not heard that. That's yeah. they look at that and they're like, well, wait a minute. What, what what choice do I have? If it's not one, it's going to be the other. How are we going to be able to restore hope in people to say, wait a minute, get the Lyme test. Take the test.
3: Yes. So that's a very important question. So if one has a neurodegenerative disease, we touched on Alzheimer's or ALS, right? It's a progressive illness. Really, there's no, uh, today, there's no cure. Uh, There are some studies that, you know, people do with stem cells, but that's all in a study form. There's no treatment available for everyone that would be a cure or even to hold the disease process. Um, For uh, Lyme disease, obviously, I do want to give hope to people, especially so every time that a patient comes to my office, they always want to show me their symptoms at their worst and i want to see them at their best why because if a person has a a one good week a good day even a good couple of hours that tells me that there's reversibility to their process that tells me that if they have an infection and we can identify everything that's going on with that patient We can treat them appropriately, and we can A, hold the disease process, B, get them better, and C, cure them. So, of course, there are people who have suffered for decades and do have some irreversible damage to their nervous system and their heart and other organ systems. Of course, we see those patients as well. But those patients who have the good times, the good days, the good hour, they should have a lot of hope to know that if we identify everything that's going on, we can treat you appropriately. And get you the help that you need so you no longer have the diagnosis of fibromyalgia, the chronic fatigue, even potentially the MS or the autism diagnosis. You know, as you know, Lyme can mimic a lot of different symptoms, and a lot of them are neurodegenerative and neuropsychiatric.
2: Yeah, and let's talk about this because what I think is super important to talk about here is something you briefly touched upon which is we have made enormous strides in Lyme and the co-infections, the whole gamut of them now, you know, even biofilm, uh, you know, penetration. And I mean, there's just so many things we've learned. And when you think about it, Lyme's been around for a while, but I'd say in the past 10 years, even the past five, you know, here you are talking about it. There's really uh, beyond hope there really are things that people can do uh, in order to be well. What are you finding with your patients?
3: So what I typically do is I work the patient up for, like you said, all all the infections that we're aware of that can be virulent and that can cause problems um, not only on the central nervous system, but really on the immune system as well as other organs. Uh, and that's what we usually, as you've mentioned, and I'm not going to name all of them, but nice. absolutely the bacteria, the Bartonella, the Babesia, you know, Rocky Mountain spotted fever. And some of these things are also not just tick-borne. For example, mucoplasma pneumonia, which is right. a walking pneumonia, strep, Epstein-Barr virus. These are what I call in these specific patients opportunistic infections. Why? Because if they do have Lyme and co-infections, their immune system is immunosuppressed. And, And we think in medicine, immunosuppressed is your transplant patient, your cancer patient, your HIV and AIDS patient, but your chronically ill patient who has multiple infections is also immunosuppressed in the sense where the immune system is not functioning properly. And so they can come in contact with the same virus that a healthy immune system comes in contact with and doesn't clear it. So we need to identify everything that's going on with the patient. Additionally, we check patients for their immune status in the sense of are they predisposed to autoimmune phenomenon. So if a person gets um, exposed to an infection that makes a significant portion of their DNA, because a lot of our DNA is actually made out of viruses and bacteria, then they may be predisposed to developing an autoimmune phenomenon. And additionally, we check for these antineuronal antibodies, which is antibodies against your own nervous system whether it's your nerves or your brain or the spinal cord, all of that. So once we identify, like, what's going on with the patient, what are their infections, what is their immune status, what is their autoimmune process, um, then we can start treating them. And treating the infection is always part of the formula to getting better. Why? Because infection in these cases is really the driving force of this autoimmune phenomenon. And a lot of times, the autoimmune process can become an entity of its own, but you cannot cure it without identifying the infections and getting rid of them as well. So, just to let you know, there, you know, autoimmune neurology, which is what I practice. Is actually coming up um, and is like this in vogue or a new cutting-edge um, thing a subspecialty in neurology but what's new here what we're talking about is that a lot of the times what uh, when they do diagnose with an autoimmune process um, it's talked about as an idiopathic which means we don't know why or it's a post infectious process what I'm here to say is that it's an infections induced process. Wow. So you need to identify there's an active infection. You got to treat it. And if you're not getting better,
2: then we have to look at the immune issue and treat that as well. I think what you said is so key right there. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to pick up on that. Because what is, it, what is the population of people? that we find are continually getting sick, but we kind of blow it off, why? Because we expect kids to get sick, but what about the kids? Why do we look at children or young people as one of the fastest growing segments of this? Dr. Elaine is gonna tell us all about that. Stay tuned, we'll be right back.
0: Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease.
2: Welcome to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am so thrilled that we've created this venue for all of you out there. Dr. Pat
0: Basile will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day.
2: What we have heard is that you want to ensure for us that we keep positive, holistic, uplifting, transformative talk radio on the air. We're excited to bring you the contemporary conversations about Lyme disease. We promise not to let the light fade on Lyme. So fasten your seatbelts. We've got lots more to share with you in the weeks to come. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio with
0: Dr. Pat and help keep our mission strong on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, did you know why they call the foundation the foundation? It's called the foundation because it completely eliminates your foundation for what you thought your reality was and creates a whole new space where you can have an entirely new reality that is foundationless. So from my point of view, they should call it the unfoundation or the foundationlessness. Either way, there's a big new global rewrite happening again because these guys cannot stop changing. There should be like a Change Anonymous that Gary and Dane go to. And it's happening April 28th to May 1st. You can find out about it at accessconsciousness.com forward slash global foundation. It's happening in Paris. Go to Paris or do it online or find a pod near you. These are all the options you have. And what else is possible?
2: Everybody, welcome back. I'm so thrilled to have Dr. Elena Frid joining me here today. And for those of you that are watching on Facebook, very, very cool. If you're listening to this and you're saying, what, what, what Facebook? Yeah, go to the Dr. Pat show and you'll see it right there. Um, and uh, Dr. Frid, please, how can people find out more about you? And what's your website? How can they contact you directly? So
3: just to tell you, I'm an autoimmune neurologist specializing in Lyme disease, uh, and I see both children and adults in New York City. And my website is elenafridmd.com. So my name, md.com, and I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at dr elenafrid um, at dr Elena Frid, So that's how you can contact me and find me, um, and I'd be happy to kind of chat with you.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you just nailed it, because we have to help people stir up the courage, maybe, to step forward, and as they're stirring up the courage to step forward, to make a decision that, yes, you can go find out where you stand with this, and now you can get help. Uh, Before the break, I was touching upon a population uh, of people, at least let's talk about this country, uh, children, one of the fastest growing segments, and of course we know why, um, but their symptoms might show up and becomes very hard for parents to figure out what's going on with them. We want to think it's everything else. What tell us about the kids. Tell us about, do you treat kids? Do you treat adults? Yes, so I do uh, treat children. Actually, I have to say that a lot
3: of kids, and this is one of the presenting complaints, I want to say 50% of the patients that I see who are children, uh, their presenting complaint would be a gastrointestinal problem, so a lot of abdominal pain. And the reason why it's so difficult with children is because one minute they're complaining of a joint ache and the next minute they're uh, bouncing up and down on bed. So, but I do want to reiterate to parents, please take it seriously when your child complains. They're not, a lot of times these kids, they're not faking it. It's because their symptoms are waxing and waning. So you do need to take this seriously. Um, The other issue is the neuropsychiatric problems, the OCD behavior, the learning disabilities, autism-type symptoms, uh, ADD and ADHD explosion in this country. All of these kids need to be tested for an infections-induced process, whether it's tick-borne or, like we talked about, strep or other infections. You need to see if your child had an abrupt onset of a change in behavior, a regressive behavior. You know, all of a sudden they start peeing their bed when they were potty trained, um, or you know, losing weight, or kind of being more attached to you. Don't want to go and play outside. These are all you know your child. If you think something's wrong, something's wrong. Go look. Go be. Go hunt for it. Find out what's wrong.
2: Well, and it makes sense, though, when we think about children for a minute, you know, where do our kids go? They go outside. They go outside and play. Um, and, you know, some populations in the United States is, you know, is heavier populated with, you know, uh, the, uh, the tick-borne carrier, right, than others. So it's going to vary. Um, but, you know, the question really becomes... If you are unsure, get the test or maybe talk to you or explore why you're not getting better. And there are better tests today, aren't there? There are, and I want to, so basically, when
3: do you suspect that you may have an issue? Obviously, if you had a tick bite or an abrupt kind of infectious type illness with headache, fevers, fatigue, um, uh, joint aches, absolutely. And notice, I deliberately left out a rash. Why? Because (laughs) a rash is obvious. Always thought of as a Lyme symptom, but actually it's quite uncommon. It's really found in about 20% of the cases. So don't look for a rash to think of Lyme disease. But the other important point is, when you start accumulating a bouquet of diagnoses, you know, you have ADD, you have learning disability, you have rheumatoid arthritis, you have migraines, you have gastrointestinal problems, and for adults it could be other uh, obviously diagnoses, like we talked about rheumatoid arthritis, uh, MS, uh, lupus. You know, when you start getting more and more of these, Start thinking that could there be a systemic problem that's going on that's causing these things? And the way we actually work it up is by doing a blood test. And what's important about, to know about a blood test is that you need to request your doctor to have a Western blot done, not just ELISA, because usually your typical uh, physician will draw an ELISA test, and if that's positive, they will do a Western blot. However, you may want to request the Western blot test to be done right away and see and ask them for results and see if any of the bands are positive, uh, because sometimes the criteria can be a little bit strict. And people are saying, oh, it's a negative test. But in reality, it's pretty close to being positive. So, And if you have all of these symptoms, you may need to revisit this issue. The other yeah. important point about testing that I want to reiterate, both to patients and physicians, if any are listening, is that Lyme test is really not a static thing.
2: Yeah. That's yeah, and don't you find... There. yeah and and also the the other part of this is that we're people and doctors right have gotten a lot smarter about how to read the test i mean yeah. you know we've gone leap years in, in, yeah. in, in being able to figure out what's going on right absolutely and as you touched on earlier there's also specialty
3: tests so for example igenex and Galaxy and other tests that are a little bit more sensitive than your regular Quest or bioreference would be of interest. And I typically send patients to three different labs because the testing can be so inaccurate. Up to 50% of the time early on in the disease process or later in the disease process, the test can be inaccurate and falsely negative. And so I'll send people to various labs, and I will recheck regularly, maybe in three to four months if I'm suspecting, but the test was negative.
2: Well, for those of you out there, if you have any questions, one 800 i would like to go ahead and skip this next break um, because uh, there's so much to, to talk about. I want to make sure we have enough time to do that. Um, one of the scariest things to do is to have symptoms and you've touched upon this and they do show up as neurological symptoms. We may not, you know, we may not put the dots together and say, oh wait, that's a neurological symptom. But can yeah. you give us an idea of what the range might look like? I mean, some people experience slight me- slight memory loss, right? I mean, that's scary. Uh, and if you're an older person and you have a little memory loss, they automatically put you in the dementia category, and that may not be true. Right. So absolutely, there are a lot of symptoms, and
3: I don't know if we can touch on all of them. That's why Um, I skipped the break. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, the memory issue, concentration problems, Neuropsychiatric issues, including anxiety, depression, panic attacks, even thought disorders um, like um, schizophrenia and um, uh, disorders like that can be uh, attributed to infections. Uh, Hearing problems, including dizziness and buzzing in the ear. Visual issues are very common, both in children and adults, and often will inhibit uh, people from reading properly because people have abnormal eye movements. Um, So that needs to be assessed. Uh, Issues with uh, taste uh, and kind of oversensitivity. Um, I have a a lot of kids who don't like certain foods because of textures of food, and that's actually neurologic. So they'll eliminate food groups because of different textures. Uh, Issues with word-finding difficulties. Uh, Problems with voice. I have patients with issues with their voice. Joint aches and pains. Muscle pain. Muscle pain and weakness. Uh, Shortness of breath. Issues with um, air hunger. Uh, Problems with, I touched on, abdominal problems, uh, uh, constant abdominal pain or intolerance to different foods and chemical sensitivities. You were fine one day and all of a sudden you're allergic to air and sun and, um, you know, perfume. That's something in actually young adults, very common presentation is um, uh, intolerance of alcohol all of a sudden. Uh, So that would be an issue. Uh, problems with your gait and balance uh, is a major problem for people. I touched on again weakness and pain, severe headaches. Uh, actually, that's uh, reminding me of how, how I got uh, into thinking about Lyme more and more. Yeah. You know, I was seeing uh, a primarily headache practice uh, in uh, with the young people, and 90% of my patients were getting better with like your. Standard medication for headaches, one or two medicines, they could go back to work, no problem. But 10% of patients were not budging. You could throw the kitchen sink at them and they were not getting better. And so these are the type of patients that I would seriously consider. Is there an organic, is there an alternative thing that's there that wouldn't show up in an MRI? Ultimately, it is a microscopic disease. You can have some. My- eye changes, or EEG changes, or even abnormalities on lumbar puncture in some patients. But in a lot of patients, it's a microscopic problem, and so you won't catch it on these things, and
2: get
3: by having
2: normal tests. Yeah, that's, I think, the problem. That's why I, I wanted you to go through the list, because we hear that you don't feel well, you go in... You get the test, you get the brain scan, you get the EKG, you get all the tests. Your immune system doesn't even look out of whack, right? But yet you're having problems with your memory. Uh, Maybe you're having little blackouts that you can't, right? That's another one. You know, they get classified as, you're having a little blackout, you know, Uh, but you go get a test and there's nothing there. This is why we need you to help other doctors and people connect the dots because there's no harm, is there, even if you question it a little bit early on to get the test and have somebody reputable do it. Um, The reason I want you to talk about this is because I know people that have gotten the test and I'll tell you, if you looked at all those symptoms you just listed, they would be checking off most of them yeah. But there aren't enough people that know how to administer the test even, right? It's
3: right, because a lot of, like I mentioned, that's why I went through the make sure you get your Western blot, uh, at, you know, ask for it by name, uh, because a lot of times it won't be done.
2: Well, you know, I want to ask you this question, and I, I think that um, uh, I want to make sure we're connecting to you really well here uh, the world has changed in that there are solutions. People are getting well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's the difference in the conversation today and the one I had when I did the first show over 10 years ago, lives are being saved. People are getting well. Isn't that really the game changer in the conversation today?
3: You know, people uh, that I see in my practice who who were put on the autism spectrum and are off the autism spectrum, you know, that's a success story. So definitely it's worthwhile looking into it because there is treatment for it. Whereas for an autism child, there is no treatment. It's supportive care. For an Alzheimer's patient, there is no treatment. It's supportive care. But for a Lyme patient, there is treatment. And you can get them better, or you can stop the disease process from progressing
2: exactly. And that's really the groundbreaking news uh, and the work that you've done uh, on this for sure. Um, uh, you know, again, what's the best way? and p- people are commenting about the show. they're calling you an angel, a lime angel. You now have a new that's it. you would you just that you heard it here first, you're being called a lime angel. um And I I think they're right. I think that was Eileen. I, I think she's right because having someone that has your knowledge, that has your voice. See, you become the voice for so many people that have tried to speak about this. And you now are their witness. And there have been millions of people that haven't had a witness. Right. So you're you're helping change that. No, I think Pat.
3: actually what your conversation that we're having today for a lot of people validates what they've been through. And a lot of them, that's the start because they constantly being called crazy and nothing's wrong with you. And when you just validate a person, that's the beginning of the healing
2: process. Yeah, and one last thing I wish you would touch upon. There's a myth that says if you are someone that has been sick for years, there's no hope for you. But, you know, that's not an answer. What are you finding with people that perhaps have had to have NeuroLine for years? I can't tell you, you
3: know, kind of that everybody gets 100% better because I would need to see the patient, examine them, get more history, look at their testing to give an answer. But there are certain patients who have been on antibiotics for years and are not better and are right. coming in and asking, well, what are you doing different? Because you're also a prescribed antibiotics and I've taken IVIG and I've done herbs and I've been all over the place. Wow. What doing different. So what, what what I'm doing different and what I'm advocating for other physicians to do different is to identify everything that's going on with the patient and treat it all at the same time. Uh, otherwise, you're not treating anything effectively. So I have a patient who's been on IV seven for five years. I ask her on, she says nothing. And meanwhile, she has five different co-infections. I tell her you were not gonna get you better with just one mess no, you have to identify what's going on and it all of the happen-
2: time. I love that you're saying that. And I love that you're course. saying that. Yeah, I love that you're talking about it like that because that does go up against the grain. You know, many people lose hope because they aren't getting the whole treatment at once. You know, they're you know they're, yeah. their their treatment is getting stretched out for years. And I love that you're saying, "Wait a minute, yeah, we can maybe detox the body. We can maybe colloidal silver. We can maybe do these things in a way that builds up the immune system and reduces the infection. Correct. Yeah. Thank you for today. I can't thank you enough for all that you're doing. I hope you'll come back and we'll do part two of this so that we can talk about I'd love what to. are the ways to get better. What are the ways to get better? Please okay. give everybody your information again. And what's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with today? So
3: my information is elenafreedomd.com is my website. And on uh, Instagram and mm. Facebook, it's at Dr. Elena Frid. And with my patients at times. And I really uh, often leave them with the question of why do you want to be healthy? Mm. Answer that to yourself. And uh, get on the path of, you know, of trying to get that accomplished. And you do that by figuring out what's wrong with you and treating it all at the same time. And know that there is hope and there is cure for this disease, despite the fact that you may have had it for years.
2: I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you will come back. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thanks so much. Yeah, it does take a village to get us all well. All right. Thank you so much. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We're going to do part two to, with this. Dr. Elena is going to come back. We're going to talk about what are all the things you can do? What do we mean when you say you can treat it all at once? What an idea. Thank you, everyone. Stay tuned. Uh, another hour on Transformation Talk Radio coming up right now. Mm-hmm.
1: Thanks for listening to Lime Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basile. Epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind-spirit remedy. For more information, information, visit LimetalkRadio.com and tune in next time.